His perilous times will come. And we've been talking about these perilous times. We've been talking about how closely the time that we live in seems to be reflected in this description of perilous times. And in my own heart, I just can't help but believe, Lord, this, this is really... We're living in those times that you predicted and prophesied in your word through the Apostle Paul to Timothy. So much of the, the description seems to fit the day and the an age that we're living in. And Paul goes on to encourage Timothy on how to respond to those times, what to look out for, what to stay away from, what to look at things that we should turn away from. And, and then here recently we've been looking at things that we should be carefully following. And verses... Uh, 10 through 13 is kind of what we looked at last week, and just ending up with, um, with that, we'll, we'll continue forward here tonight and look at verse 14 through the end of the chapter. But before we get started in the study, let me just once again pray and ask the Lord to bless our time in His Word. Heavenly Father, we do want to ask for Your words to speak to us tonight, God, Lord, it's, um, there's really nothing better than Your Word for spiritual food and life and nourishment. really can't think of anything, Lord, that would be better than taking the time to study and trying to put Your Word down into our hearts. The psalmist said, Thy Word, O Lord, have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. The psalmist said, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to Thy Word. There's something about Your Word, Lord, something about the truth of it, something about the, the unique um, to, to desire it, Lord. We've come to appreciate it. And we pray tonight that You would speak to us again out of Your Word, Lord, as we take this time to study. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, the Apostle encouragement, Paul, this is the second letter that he has written to him. And there's several places where he's, you know, Timothy, be faithful with your ministry. Timothy, stir up that gift that is in you. Timothy must have, like, like most of us, grown discouraged from time to time. If you've been walking with the Lord for any amount of time or been involved in ministry or serving the Lord for any amount of time, there are times when you just, you know, you get discouraged. You know, our, the Christian life is not just one big, you know, high. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a journey, and there are some wonderful mountaintops, but there are also some deep valleys. Life has its ups and downs, and the Christian goes through those seasons as well. And Timothy, undoubtedly, there were probably times when he was serving and, you know, trying to live for the Lord, trying to be faithful with his ministry, the things God had given to him. And from time to time, he must have got discouraged. Anybody relate to Timothy tonight from time to time? So this letter is from the Apostle Paul, and he's saying, Timothy, don't lose heart. Hang in there. You need to stir up those gifts. Be faithful with the ministry that God has given you. God's going to see you through. God is faithful. You hang in there. You hang on. And these are the things you need to watch for. Don't, don't get discouraged when these types of things come because these types of things will come. And I really think that's part of the reason that the Apostle Paul uses, or, well, really God gives us this kind of advance warning. 
in the end, but in the, in the last days, perilous times will come. Not that we should be discouraged, but that we would actually be encouraged so that when times do get difficult, we know God saw this. This isn't something that caught God by surprise. God saw this coming and that, that these words actually become encouraging. Okay, Lord, we're tracking right as you said we would. You're, we're right in the middle of things that you said would happen. And that can give us a confidence that God's got it all in control. If God foresaw these things and encouraged and sent word to us to encourage us through these times, we know that God is with us in the midst of these times. And so that's, that's what I hope we can glean out of the word tonight as we finish up this chapter. Paul encouraging Timothy. Paul now t- encouraging Timothy to continue to carefully follow certain things. And we'll pick it up there in verse 14. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Folks, sometimes you just have to continue. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to keep on keeping on. You know, Keith, I just said, Keith, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. I said, are you hanging in there? He says, I don't have any choice. Sometimes that's it, isn't it? We don't, what, what choice do we have? You know, we just, you just, sometimes you just have to continue. We'd like to, see, we'd like to have a miracle you know, every few days to kind of keep us encouraged. We'd like to see prayers answered you know, just quickly and, and repetitively. You know, as quickly as we ask them, God's providing the answers. But in truth, there are seasons. And, and you know, God does do that sometimes. We do... And I'm surprised sometimes, you know. There's some things I pray for and pray for and pray for. And, you know, and then there's some things I just kind of haphazardly pray. Well, boom, it happened. Lord, you know, maybe that's the key, haphazard prayer. <laughs> but the Lord is working things out in His way and in His wisdom. And we have to trust Him. And truthfully, there are seasons where we just have to continue. And I think that's what Paul's getting at here in Timothy's heart. He knew Timothy was in one of those times. And he just said, Timothy, just continue. Don't give up. Sometimes just being faithful is all you can do. And just do the things that God has given you to do. And don't, don't uh, retreat. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Timothy, keep studying. Keep learning. Keep working in the ministry. He said in 2 Timothy 2.15, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. These things that you've learned, Timothy, the word of God, the training, the the ministry that's been given to you, just keep, keep working in these things. Because what you've learned will be of great value to you. Don't get distracted with the latest wind of doctrine. Don't let these perilous times and the things that go on around you get you discouraged, Timothy. You keep in those you keep walking in those things that that I have taught you that are true, knowing that things that you've learned are true and knowing from whom you have learned them. The apostle uh, excuse me, Timothy was a was a for many years traveled with the Apostle Paul, was, a, was mentored by the Apostle Paul. He was a student of the Apostle Paul. So Paul is encouraging. Timothy, remember, you know, the, it was the apostolic ministry that groomed you for ministry. You're called. I laid my hands on you specifically. We prayed. God's with you. You hang in there. You keep going. And finally, verse 
15 through 17, and this is, this is what we'll spend the rest of our time here tonight on. Paul encourages Timothy to be anchored in the Word. Anchored in the Word. Look at verse 15. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And these next two verses, very famous passage, very often quoted passage. If you've had any study of Bible doctrines, this is a, this is a very foundational verse declaring the inspiration and the, the sufficiency of Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul really reminds Timothy that, and remember the setting here just in a few verses before, he was talking about some of the false teachers that would come and go in the church and the types of ministries that would come and be kind of you know stealth and sneak in and steal the hearts of, of the gullible. And, but Paul says, but you, Timothy, you hang on to the Word. You let your spiritual life be anchored in and founded on God's Word. And really, this is, this is the message for us today. And I would, I would say this to you. Any, any ministry, any, any exciting thing that might blow into the church, if it doesn't anchor itself and encourage you to anchor yourself in God's Word, beware. If there's, well, you know, we don't need to teach the Word so much. We don't want to, you know, we want to be a little more, we want to talk more in stories. We want to just kind of talk in more in generality. I'm telling you, that, that's just, that is not consistent with what the Apostle encouraged Timothy to do as a young minister. Timothy, you know these Scriptures. You've known them since you were a child. They, they, you were brought up with the Word of God. You've known this, he says, even from childhood. And we know that his grandmother and mother were both women of faith, believed in Christ. You've known these things, and he begins to tell Timothy the, the, the good things, the benefits of the Scriptures. And I just want us to work through that here tonight as, as we look at these last two verses. Concerning the Holy Scriptures there in verse 15, Paul says, first of all, they are able to make you wise for salvation. Listen, the only way that one, a person can be saved is through the revelation of God's Word. You know, there's all kinds of ways that we can kind of market to the world to try to bring them and win them into the church or kind of get them interested in God. But ultimately, the only way you can be saved is you've got to hear the truth of God's Word. Because God's Word is what gives you the wisdom, gives you the understanding to be saved. It's God's Word that confronts you and lets you know that, there's, that, that you are a sinner, right? Didn't Paul say that about the Ten Commandments? He said one of the main reasons God gave the commandments was to, to illuminate man and to bring him to an understanding that he was a sinner. The commandments didn't come so, with the idea that you would be able to keep all of them in your own st strength, but rather to show you your need for salvation. So as we look to God's Word, you know, we, and we live in a time where you know, values are, you know, and morals are very, very foggy. What's, what's right for one? Well, that's just, you know, that's your opinion. 
There is no right and wrong. There are no clear cut, no black and white. It's kind of become this, this muddy morality and uh, situational ethics, you know. kind of all depends on, you know, what's going on right now. And, uh, you know, what some would call sin, others would call, well, you know, it's just an alternative lifestyle. There's really, you know, who are you to judge and who's to say what's really right or wrong? I mean, as long as it works for you, you do what you want, I'll work, you know, what works for me. And, but, but the Word of God brings a, a clear understanding that there is a moral absolute. There is something that's right and something that's wrong. And it's that light of God's Word that needs to shine on the conscience and heart of a man or a woman to make them wise for salvation. First of all, you have to understand that you're a sinner. Second of all, you have to understand that the only way that you can be saved from your sins is through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way according to the Bible. It is by grace and not by works, not by being pretty good, but by the, by the mercy and grace of God. Is there any other way to be saved according to the Bible? There is not. And how are you going to know that? You're going to have to study the Word. How do we know that, that God has issue with man concerning sin? Who told us? His Word told us, didn't it? How did you find out that there was a way that you could be forgiven by God, that someone had come and died for your sins nearly 2,000 years ago and that His blood paid the ransom for your salvation. How would you know this? Because the Word of God has been declared to you. If you are a Christian tonight, it's because the Holy Scriptures made you wise unto salvation. Paul is saying, Timothy, there's no, there's no other tricks to get people into the kingdom of God. There's no other clever things we can do. You've got to give people the Word. The Word of God is what makes you wise for salvation. Second of all, it's inspired by God. Verse 6. All scripture is given 16 sorry all scripture is given by inspiration of God inspiration of God that, that word means that it, it's as though God has breathed into the men that wrote the Bible they did not write their own words but rather they wrote under the inspiration of God they wrote his words now somehow God has done it in 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 the through the personality and intellect of the individual, right? This is a letter from, from one man, the Apostle Paul, to another man, Timothy, and yet it's inspired of God. Somehow God does that. I'm not sure exactly how He does that, how He kept Paul's personality and intellect and education and culture. All of that was intact while Paul wrote, and yet somehow it were the, it, he wasn't writing his own words. He was writing the very inspired words of God. God breathed into him. God uh, gave him understanding to write the words that he wrote. Peter gives testimony to this same truth. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, he says this, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. That means it's not humanly conspired or, or humanly, it does not come from from a human understanding. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. It's not of human origin. And he goes on to say that this, this word of prophecy 
is actually more sure than any experience, any wisdom, any emotion, any human wisdom or feelings. God's Word has to be the anchor for our faith. Peter even went on to say, you know, we saw Jesus face to face. We were eyewitnesses. But even more, we are, we are so confident that He is the Messiah, not because we saw Him and met Him, but because of the prophecy concerning Him that was fulfilled through Him. Peter said that even God's Word is even a, a more sure testimony of who Christ was than even our eyewitness account. Even more than what we experienced with Him, more than what we saw with our eyes, it's the confidence of what God has declared in His Word. God places His Word above every other um, instrument concerning how He speaks to man. Can God speak to you by the Holy Spirit? Can God drop inspiration into your heart, word of prophecy, give you a direction, give you a sense of what to do and where to go? Yes, He can. I believe that He does. But He will never contradict what He has revealed in His Word. It will always line up with His Word. It will never um, redirect you to be, do something disobedient to the Word. The Word of God has to be our final authority. Yeah, but I really felt this, Pastor. You may have felt that. You may have gotten warm and fuzzy all over and you just got a tingling feeling and you're just so sure that was the Holy Spirit. But if it isn't consistent with His Word, it was just a feeling that you had, not to minimize your feelings, but we can't place feelings or emotions above God's Word. We must build our lives on the Word of God because it's inspired of God. Thirdly, it's profitable. It's profitable. And it's profitable for several things. And he gives us a list there. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Doctrine, it's, we use the Word of God to establish doctrine. What is doctrine? The word doctrine really means a teaching. So how, the, the principles of the Christian life, they have to be taken from the Word of God. We use God's Word to teach truth. We must teach from it. We must give, in, give an instruction of what it says. It's the only way that you're going to have a foundation of truth laid into your heart and life. And this is what you're going to need, particularly in perilous times. You're going to need an anchor. You're going to need something that cuts through all of the, you know, what the society and culture would say. And you're going to need something, truth in your heart, to know that is, is from God. And God's Word is profitable for that. It's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof. What is reproof? Well, it's a rebuke. It's a pointing out an error in belief. It's a, it, it, it could be convicting you of sinful conduct. It's, reproof is about pointing out what's wrong in your life. A lot of people don't like that. Who likes to be told they're wrong? <laughs> But the Word of God, it's, it's, it's like that. Uh, it, it's this perfect will and wisdom, and you, you ought to feel corrected. I don't know about you, but I'm just willing to tell you, I'm not perfect. My life is not perfect. Not everything I think and do is perfect. So why would I be surprised when I look upon the perfect Word of God, I see that my life doesn't completely measure up? That would be normal, wouldn't it? 
That would be, it, I, would, I would be surprised if in studying God's Word I never felt reproved. I never felt corrected. That would, that would be an indication of a problem that I'm not really evaluating myself honestly because I know true in truth I'm, my life's not perfect. And so when I read the Word of God, oftentimes, I'll just tell you this in my personal life, there are times when I read the Scripture and, oh, like a dagger goes in. Oh, Lord, I'm not doing that well in that area. You know, let, let no uncorrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Ooh, Lord, some of the words creeping out of my mouth are, are, are corruptible. <laughs> not every word. Speak as, when you speak, speak as though it were the oracles of God. Ooh, that's a little harsh, Lord. <laughs> well, the Word of God is profitable for that type of reproof. And I want that. And this has been my Christian experience. I've learned to actually desire that in my life. In fact, I, I, you know, if, I, if I come to church and I hear a teaching, if I spend some time in the Word, I don't, I don't want to just be reproved, but I do want to be reproved. I, I kind of, oh, I needed that. I needed that little correction. I needed that little, hey, you're getting out of line there. Hey, you're off course here. Hey, there's this area in your life needs to be submitted to the Lord and the will of God. So we need that. The Word of God is what gives us that kind of reproof, that kind of correction. That's the next word, correction. It's good for reproof. Reproof is what's pointing out what's wrong in your life. Correction is restoring it to the right. Bringing, it, reproof says, hey, you're off course. Correction is getting you back on court. Here's where you need to be. Here's what reproof. Here's what you're doing wrong, and here's now what you need to do to be right. Correction is that restoring of your life back on course. The book of Hebrews, when when uh, the book of Hebrews talks about God's disciplining those that He loves, and He and He and He says this in the end of, of that that little. Those, those thoughts there, Hebrews 12, 12 and 13. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. The purpose of God's Word in correcting us is to heal us, is to take that which is broken and fix it. You know, let, not that it would, you would no longer be dislocated but uh, strengthened and healed. So the Word of God is something that gives this constant correction in our lives, and we need that. It's also good for instruction in righteousness. Instruction in righteousness. It, it gives us a picture of what is right. How would you know? How would you know to worship? We came in here tonight and we, we sang to the Lord and we poured our hearts out and kind of loving adoration and we did it to music. Whose idea was that? How did we know that that would be something that would be good for us to do when we, when we came together? That, is that just kind of some tradition that we've picked up along the way and so we just kind of follow along because churches have been doing it for a long time? What, what brought that kind of understanding to us? Is it not the Word of God? Doesn't, don't the Psalms talk about coming to the presence of the Lord with singing? Don't, doesn't the Apostle Paul say when you come together, come with a hymn and a psalm and a spiritual song? Doesn't he encourage the church? Hey, come together and love on the Lord in music. 
worship Him in song and music. It's God's Word that has given us this instruction. I consider that to be an instruction in righteousness. And my life is blessed as I respond to that, as I, as I worship Him. And I, I set my heart to do that because God's Word has instructed me in that. God's Word is profitable for this type of thing. It's also able to com- make you complete, verse 17, that the man of God may be complete. This word complete communicates the idea of maturity, stability. Ephesians 4.14 says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine. There's something about studying God's Word over time that has the effect of maturing and stabilizing my spiritual life. And it's not something that just that happens in any given message. This is why faithfulness is such an important thing for us. You know, I, I know it's not easy to come out on a Wednesday night and study God's Word. I know that it's late and it's in the middle of the week and we're busy and we're tired and I feel all those things too. And so it's not always convenient, you know, oh, got to get to church. And, you know, and sometimes we come, and let's just be honest, you know, nothing really earth-shattering happens, <laughs> right? We don't walk out, wow, my life has completely changed. It doesn't work that way, does it? But let me say this to you. No, it, it probably won't work like that for you on any given Wednesday, But over time, Wednesday and Sunday, Wednesday and Sunday, week by week, month by month, year by year, the cumulative effect of those studies and that coming together and hearing God's Word and getting a little bit by bit begins to build a foundation, begins to lay a stabilizing, maturing foundation in your life. That's why it's important to come and study. That's why it's important to hear God's Word and to be in His Word. You know, it's, it's not as fun as some things, and it's not as entertaining as other things, but I believe it's, it's one of the most beneficial things you can do with your time spiritually. So I would encourage you, like Paul did Timothy, Paul, Timothy, continue. Continue in these things that you have learned. Continue to, to, to be diligent in your study of the Word. A little bit here, a little there, line upon line. A little, just take a, take a nugget home with you tonight and add that to your treasure. And over time, you are building and storing up a treasure. You are, God is using this to complete you. God is using this to mature you spiritually. And the, and the best way to know this is if, you, if you've been walking with the Lord for any length of time, you have to kind of sometimes you just have to look back and look from where you've come. Can you look back and see where you were maybe just a couple of years ago? And do you, can you see that? Wow, I didn't notice it, but I was I've been growing. My spiritual life is is more complete than it was. Oh, I'm still you know not anywhere where I'd like to be and need to be, but when I consider what God has done over the course of time, I can see the work of God going on in my life. 
I can see that God, that God is completing me. And it's a lifelong journey. And that's why, you know, Paul says, continue. Don't get discouraged. God's at work. God doesn't, you know, it's kind of like watching the grass grow. You can't get out there and see it, but, you know, I got to get it mowed every week because it eventually, you know, it keeps growing. God's continuing to mature you. God is continuing to develop you through his word. I promise you, not because of the one who's teaching it, but because of the one who has spoken it and the one who will make it come alive in your heart. It is the absolute essential to Christian growth and maturity is a regular study of His Word. It is profitable to make you complete, make you mature, that you would no longer be tossed to and fro. It is also, and this is our last point tonight, it is also able to equip you for every good work. Part of what God wants to do is mature you so that you would be complete and stable, that your own spiritual life would be be sound. But then He also wants to equip you for good work. He also wants to use your life. He also wants you to become strong enough, mature enough, to where you can actually begin to minister and mentor others spiritually. Isn't that the way it works? Isn't that the way? I mean, that's the way I've grown spiritually. God has used other people's spiritual strength and lives, and I've gleaned and learned, and they've mentored my... God has used others to to do a good work in me. And I'm hoping and praying, God, as He equips me and completes me, that He will now also equip me to do a good work in others, that we might be useful to Him. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says this, that He Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. God has given certain ministry gifts into the church. Why? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. He says that He's given some to be evangelists, prophets, and some pastors and teachers. I'm a pastor-teacher tonight. What is the purpose that He's called me to pastor? What, what, what is my spiritual gift supposed to be producing? It's supposed to be equipping the saints, equipping, there's that word again, equipping you for what? The work of the ministry. That we as a body would accomplish the work of God. It's not just for the, the hired professionals, right? And that's what happens sometimes in church today. We, we kind of have this, you know, the, the, those that are in ministry and those that are, you know, the audience. And we come in and we, we listen and we watch the worship and we listen to the message and then we go about it. But, but the whole idea is be qu- equipping you. And how do we do that? The only way I can equip you is by teaching God's Word, putting God's Word into your heart. That's what's going to bring spiritual life into you. That's what's going to produce spiritual life through you. 2 Timothy 2.21 said, If anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the Master, prepared for every good work. This is what God has in mind for us all. I had opportunity to share with some young teenagers. Uh, Laura Rodriguez invited me up to Los Altos High School, my old alma mater. I'd... I don't want to tell you how long ago it was that I graduated from there. It was a long time. 
And interesting, today I got to go in and teach these kids, and it was in one of the classrooms, and it's in the very room that I used to have my math class in many, many years ago. So it was kind of nostalgic for me. I went in, and it's the very room that I used to go in, you know, five days a week for four years. I had this math that was in the same, it was in the same building all four years for me. Not because I had to keep taking the classes over and over. <laughs> but it was just the way they had it structured there. But, um, and what I, what I tried to put into the heart of the kids, as just happened to be what I was sharing with them this morning, was this idea that God wants to equip you for good work. God wants to use your life. That's, that's, that's God's end game plan for you. Not, yeah, he wants to save you. Yes, He wants to mature you and complete you and stabilize you and bless you and get your heart uh, you know, in, in right relationship with Him. And He wants to give you joy and peace and fulfillment. But He ultimately wants to use you for His glory. And I think that's what Paul is saying here. And the wor- what, what's good for that? The Word of God. God's Word is what we need from A to Z. You can't grow. You can't, you, you, it's, it's, it makes you wise for salvation. You can't start without the Word of God. And it also equips you for every good work. It's ultimately what brings you to usefulness in the kingdom of God, His Word. It's a worthy study. It's a lifetime study. I encourage you, church, read it. Read it daily. Meditate on it. Ask God to open it up to you. Come out when we're teaching so that we can help illuminate it to you. You know, God does give calls some to be pastors that they can help teach God's Word to you. But I encourage you to be a student of it yourself. Study His Word. Read His Word. Well, I don't understand it. Well, give it time. Work at it. You know, I didn't understand a lot of things until I worked at them. I still don't understand all the things in the Word of God. I'm still working at it. But little by little, God begins to open up truth to you. God begins to, oh, I get that now. Oh, I never saw that before. I've heard that verse before. I never realized that it had application in my own life. And God, by the Holy Spirit, will begin to make it come alive to you. God's Word. In perilous times, and we're going to close here tonight, we must be anchored in the Word. And I don't know about you, but I I need that. I need something to build my life on. I want something solid. I want something I can count on. And I believe that God's Word is, is that, that thing that I can build my life on and, and uh, completely anchor my heart in. Amen? Let me close this in prayer and we'll be finished for tonight. Father, we are so grateful tonight that... Um, we're able to come and study Your Word. And it's so interesting tonight that the, that the study is really telling us the value of studying Your Word. So it just endorses what we're doing here tonight, Lord. And I just I pray for those of us that are here, God, that you will, that You will begin to work all of these things that we see Your Word is good for into our lives. That it will make us wise for salvation. Lord, if there are any here that don't know You or not come to salvation, never invited Jesus into their heart, Lord, I pray that 
Even tonight, they heard something out of the Word that, that caught their attention and they know, wow, I, I need Jesus in my life. And Lord, beyond that, we know that it's good for doctrine, teaching us the truth. It's good for, for reproof, Lord, pointing out areas in our lives that need to be corrected. And it's good for that correction, restoring us to the right path, healing that which is out of joint and making it whole. We Lord, Lord, we also know that it's, it's good for bringing us to maturity and completeness. It's good for instruction in righteousness. It's also good for equipping us for every good work. It, it's just the full package. Your Word is where we find these truths and learn and mature. And so I pray tonight, God, that, that this will just be one more step in that journey and that You would continue to complete us, Lord. I pray for each heart here tonight that they will take something home with them, just a a little more added to their treasure of knowledge in the Word of God. Sometimes, Lord, it's it's good just to hear things we already know. Some things we've heard them before. There are truths that we've already learned, but somehow, because it's Your Word, it's refreshing to hear it again. And it becomes renewing in our mind. And it just gets us back on course. It gets our mind back on target. So Lord, we just thank You for these things and I pray that You would continue to work in our lives and in our church. Just before we close here tonight and while your heads are still bowed, I do want to just give an, an opportunity if there's anybody here tonight that does not know the Lord, you've never accepted Jesus into your heart and you'd like to, I want to just give you an opportunity to respond. And no one's looking around, so we're not trying to embarrass anybody. But if you're here tonight and you'd like to invite Jesus Christ into your heart, I want to pray for you. And if you would just identify yourself by just kind of raising your hand so I could see it, and I'll be happy to pray with you, just pray for you here as we close. Anybody tonight? You've never invited the Lord Jesus into your life and you want to. Well, Lord, we do thank you for your word. And we trust, God, that you will continue to work in our lives. And I pray your blessing, Lord, on this church and the work you're doing up here in the community. And um, we just love you, Lord. And we ask you to go with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.